Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm my fucking L. Baby, I can see your halo. You know you're my saving grace. Welcome to episode 212. The doctor is in. Woo! Is is it Dr. Isaac Yankel? Not that doctor. I I might appreciate it more if it was. (laughs) Aww. Yeah. The doctor is in. The doctor is in. Turn your head and cough for... Whatever. I am. For a large, <laughs> a large southern man. I'm good to go. <laughs> there you are. So this is the only Doctor Is In, produced by ECW. Thank God. It would take place on August 3rd, 1996, from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with an attendance of 1,400 people. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know if I'm stepping on you, but uh, there was a, basically... I think they called it an internet convention, a wrestling convention in Philly this weekend. So it might be why the doctor is in and uh, why that this is the only one of these shows as opposed to like, you know, your November to Remembers I mean, and your hard, your uh, I think we could. Waves. I think we could probably spoil it because we're going to spoil it as soon as we get to the drink. Yeah. The doctor is in his Dr. Death, Steve Williams. And he happened to be in town, or they booked him for this show at least. Yeah, and it makes sense for him to be in town for a convention. Plus, they just had Terry Gordian, and you know, the two men are synonymous. So, he's the doctor that is in. Boy, are we in for a show. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. My favorite of favorites. I've kind of already leaned into that you made us a drink, (laughs) Shane, so... Yeah. Take it away, brother. Well... Obviously, as we've said, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, I'm not even going to go into that I did what I do, or culinary <laughs> trip around the world, because it's it's a Dr. Death, Steve it's Williams Philly. show. We're here. Yeah. So it's Philly. It's Dr. Death. I figured this calls for alcohol. I looked up to see if there was any Dr. Death-related drinks, and there was one called Dr. Death, sometimes known as Dr. Kevorkian. I think the Dr. Kevorkian one may have been a little better, which kind of ties into the whole <laughs> I hate Dr. Death Steve Williams fact. Don't tell uh, JR. <laughs> sorry, JR. Love you, but I hate your boy. Yeah, Dr. Death Steve Williams, not my favorite. Basically just a professional wrestler known to be from Oklahoma and that's about it. He's a, a large man. Supposedly he did some great stuff or was NCAA all American popular in Japan, but I haven't seen those matches. Yeah. And like they're not the Steiner brothers. No. They're just not. Him and Gordy were never the Steiner brothers to me. But the Dr. Death is, again, not what I expected it to be. It is basically just Dr. Pepper and gin. I was hoping for an alcohol flavor, which I guess, again, ties into the Dr. Death factor of I always hope that it's going to be a good match when I see him in the ring, and then it's just like, eh, lose interest. He's big. Kinda, kinda like this drink here. I don't really taste the alcohol much to it. I don't taste the alcohol. Uh, I, I took a sip before we, before Matt hit record, and I look over at Shane. I was like, 
this is, is this diet coke because it tastes to me like diet coke Literally and now gin, that it's the said, gin just kind of takes the sweetness of the dark pepper away yeah yeah, yeah. it kind of takes away it takes away you know at least 10 of the secret herbs and spices or whatever the of the dr pepper the dr kevorkian apparently is dr pepper and vodka which i'm sure you'd probably be able to taste the vodka in it more than you're tasting dr pepper the is, such, is such the weirdest like soda for booze yeah, yeah. so yeah it's it's ice cold. It is refreshing, but it falls kind of flat, just like Doctor Death, Steve Williams yeah, in the it, ring. It tastes, ice cold and falls flat. Mm, tastes kind of flat too. I yeah. think the yeah killed it killed the bubs. So, thanks, Steve. Let's see if I can bring up our moods a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a couple films would be released to theaters the week before: Joe's Apartment <laughs> and Kingpin. Oh shit! I watched Kingpin recently. Joe's Apartment. I have seen. You know, back when you were a kid and if you went to the um, rent a movie, mm-hmm. they would have like just a bucket of like posters mm-hmm. and they'd be like in rubber band and they like write what it is, like the bottom corner. Mm-hmm. I took one as a kid and it was Joe's apartment. I put it in my wall, I hadn't seen the movie, but I thought it was funny because of the cockroaches and like the toilet and all uh. that. And Joe's apartment, not the worst bad like 90s comedy, uh-huh. but it's not nearly as good as Kingpin. No. That poster? Yep, that yep. was that one. Yeah, I had the little cockroaches. That. Yeah. I, I, as somebody who used to be the person behind the counter mm-hmm. where people were renting mm-hmm. Joe's apartment and other movies, I also had one of these posters on my it's a, wall. It's a really good poster. <laughs> it's a really good comedy movie poster. Yeah. Uh, because I got a lot of our yeah, first pick on when we pulled the posters down out of the little blockbuster yeah. light-up frames. Yep. Yeah. My, the clippy ones? My uh, apartment or basement apartment that I had, it was done up Christmas lights all around it, um, and then there was I mean I basically made it look like blockbuster walls. Put the lights around the posters oh, as well, nice. just to accent everything and swapped them out. What was your favorite that you got? Oh, it's probably tough because you had like pick over the litter. Yeah, I can tell you my favorite one. What's that? Because this podcast, the podcast name is. Inspired by it. Ah, American History X. American History X. Yeah. That poster was a great poster. I had that one as well. And it's going to be... The seven poster was good. Yeah, and what was like the favorite really one that you the took mir- that, you kept, like, that you kept the longest, maybe? I had uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, okay. Was up forever. LA Confidential was up forever. I had LA Confidential as well. Um... I don't know, Muriel's Wedding was one. I think that was one of the first ones <laughs> that I got after I worked at Blockbuster. And, I mean... It's a great movie. Made me fall in love with Tony Collette. Made me fall in love with Rachel Griffith. Introduced the world to Jude Law. It's a great movie if you've never seen it. Yeah. Joe's I, Apartment. I had the V for Vendetta. It wasn't the main poster. It was like the art piece poster. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. I think the only movie one. poster I had that I like purchased at like a you know record store that sells like incense or whatever was a 2001 poster where it was like the trippy trippy colored uh eyeball with the baby fetus in the middle it was like a re-release poster from like 70 instead of 68 but the joe's apartment was the one that i got for free out of the out of the bucket hell yeah but nice did you ever watch any of joe's apartment on mtv uh i later on you know i'd seen it is when i had the poster i hadn't seen it yet because i was a kid and then uh, i've seen it since then and i remember being like you know like charming enough it's probably like 80 minutes long doesn't need to be any longer yeah whereas kingpin i think is too long but it is good no 
I mean, yes, it's good, but too long? You know what my issue with Kingpin is? Is that it's not as good as Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and it's, it's not, after but it Dumb is. and Dumber. It's, because it's, it's, it doesn't have the it doesn't have quite the laughs like it doesn't but it's not going for the same kind of laughs either. <laughs> but I mean it's good, but uh, I feel like it's a better cable movie than it is like put the disc in or like click on it on the streaming service. And see, it's the one that when I go back and watch a lot of the Fairly Brothers, Fairly Brothers. Yes. yeah, that's one of my favorites of theirs. Just because each time I watch it, I think I like it a little bit more. I can see and that. And cast wise, I mean, great yeah, cast. Old, what's his nuts? I mean, Randy Quaid obviously is obviously the second best Randy Quaid movie of all time. Yeah, I mean, Randy Quaid is the glue of that movie. In 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 a movie that has a great cast, like yeah, you got him. Woody's, you got Woody's Woody, wonderful. You got Bill. You've got. The really pretty What's lady. Her face I don't know from who she Weird is. Science, the TV Angel. show. Yeah, is that, oh, she was so hot. She was so. Then. I mean, yeah, I was like, who is this lady? She's yeah. hot. I don't she know. she played uh, on Weird Science, the TV show. She was the oh yeah, the she, was, she took Kelly Le- LeBrock's yes. uh, spot. Yeah. yeah, God, Weird Science, maybe one of my favorite comedies of all time. Probably one of my favorite Chris Elliott performances because he was the gambler. In, oh yeah, in uh, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, Chris Elliott. I, I had to start thinking for a second, like, wait, was he in Weird Science? He's like, no, he's not in Weird Science. Weird Science <laughs> no, no, no. is a movie I watch, like, almost every year. I love it. For some reason, it just, like, turns me into a cackling hyena. But, yeah. I mean, Kingpin's definitely the better movie. Joe's yeah. apartment is forgotten to time, but every time I see a pink urinal cake, I think of Joe's apartment. You gotta love old Lin Shay in another fairly movie performance. The landlady or whatever for... Whatever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about good sex that just makes you have to, have to take a shit. That, that lady's <laughs> fucking great. She might have the best, the biggest laughs in the movie. <laughs> yes. I haven't watched either one of these movies in so long. Like I just watched Kingpin yeah. a couple Joseph times. Hartman, I've only ever... I think I've only ever seen the movie one time. It's a... Uh, you know, I mean, I remember being disgusted... At Joe's apartment, I think the first because like it's fucking cockroaches. So it's like, yeah, but see, I watched the Kingpin's really gross too. There's I watched the little TV <laughs> snippets that they had for on MTV that led to the movie, and you know it made it I think easier for me just because I was already in the yeah, know. It's what the it first was. MTV production film, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's its biggest claim to fame. Yeah, because then I think shortly after Joe's apartment was Dead Man on Campus. I think that was another MTV one with old Mark Paul Gossler and I can't remember the other guy's name. That thing you do guy. Freddie Prinze Jr.? No, No, that uh, thing you do. Tom. Oh. Yeah, him. Tom Everett Scott. There we go. Okay. I was like, uh. I'll get there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That thing you do. Uh, I think he's in that one anyways. And see, I'm also. Steve Zahn? For Kingpin, like, I'm not a Fairley Brothers guy. Oh, yeah. They're. Their style of comedy just wasn't for me. It's a little like, too wacky for I, you? I don't like Dumb and Dumber. Oh, that hurts like, me. That makes me angry. <laughs> I love Dumb and Dumber gets funnier every time you watch it. And see, I mean, I was a, a Hot Shots and I mean, I love, Airplane. I love and, Hot know, Shots. That kind of airplane. slapstick, yeah. stupid humor. Well, yeah, Dumb and Dumber is uh, still I mean, my see, I like those, yeah. but that's not Fairly Brothers. Oh, Dumb and Dumber is so good. What but an incredible soundtrack, the Fairly Brothers. I mean, they inspired, but it's a completely different style of comedy yeah yeah it's definitely different see i like i hated the naked gun movies like the first one i'll take that back the first one i liked 
I think was, 33 and a third is the only one I ever yeah. saw. The one where he's a... I got to mix That's the up. one where he's an umpire, right? It's 33 and a third? I think. It's the only one I've watched. Yeah. I watched them all like on TV, so it's like, ah, they get mixed up in my head. Ah, uh, our new fan's going to be so happy we're talking movies right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to some wrestling. We get title, date, and location cards flying in before going to the arena. Where Sam Mann is in the ring, having just caned J.T. Smith, Stevie Richards, Blue Meanie, Supernova, and Don E. Allen doing a Kiss parody, singing I Want to Rock and Roll all night. And do you know why? Why they were doing that? Mm -hmm. I have no clue. Because Kiss was back on tour at that time. Oh! Yeah, they had the uh, big tour going on. I only know that because when I was at Blockbuster, one of the managers was going to see Kiss. And it was around this time. Yeah, it was a big deal. They hadn't toured in a while, I take it. Yeah. I think it had been many, many, many many years. (laughs) Raven then comes out, along with Lori Fullington and her son Tyler. And we see Raven's foot is in a cast. But he does get in the ring, which allows Richards to sneak in from behind with a Stevie kick to the back of the head of Sandman. Raven then grabs the kendo stick and cracks Sandman over the head, busting his eyebrow open. Damn it. And here we go. We then go to our first match, which isn't really a continuation of what that of what that all was. <laughs> we get our cut. You've, we've, we've, you've all watched ECW um, yep. like pay-per-views or tapes or whatever. You get the, the shh, you know, the, the, the yep. TV cut. Like you change channels or, you know, the channel was down. Dangerous Devin Storm. With Damian Kane and Lady Alexandria versus Mikey Whipwreck for the EWA European Junior Weight Championship. And Storm looks to have the precursor to the hurricane gear. Yeah, I yeah. Right, I was green. like I was all like, is that is that where Shane got his Stand back? Shane got his gear from? And um, we'll, we'll mention it now because Alexandria is Looking smoking hot. She's in a like sheer jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. You can basically see the uh, everything. Yeah, basically. Yeah, everything. You can see some some crack through all that sheerness. Sheer crack. But the match gets going. And they go for some chain wrestling to start until they exchange head scissor takedowns, which dumps Devin out to the floor. Followed by a slingshot corkscrew somersault senton kick by Damien comes over and starts kicking Mikey while he's down before they head back into the ring where Whipwreck gets dropped with an electric chair drop for a two count. Storm hits a snap suplex for a near fall and works a modified figure four into a bow and arrow before delivering another head scissors takedown and a cannonball kick for a two count. Devin then locks on a gory special, which is basically stretching Mikey on his back. But Whipwreck reverses it into a sunset flip for a near fall. Storm responds with a clothesline and starts working the neck of Mikey, when Kane would throw a chair into the rink. And Devin sets up Whipwreck on the turnbuckle and looks to do something high risk. But then he just drops down and throws the chair out of the ring allowing Mikey to recover and leap off with a flying clothesline for multiple two counts. Stormer gains control with a throat thrust, sets Whipwreck across the ropes where Damien gets involved again before Devin just kicks Mikey out to the floor. I feel like Storm like 
threw the chair out of the ring just to not give the fans what they want to, yeah. like, for heel heat. I was like, oh, that's nice of him. But, you know, who's not cheering Mikey Whipwreck in this arena? Storm with a baseball slide kick, a front suplex of Whipwreck across the guardrail before setting up a chair for Mikey to sit on. That was nice of him. Right. <laughs> Devin then climbs back into the ring to run and leap back onto Whipwreck with a somersault plancha. Back in the ring, Storm makes the cover, but Kane orders him to break the pinfall to hurt Mikey some more. So Devin heads up top for a moonsault. Devin still wants more punishment, so Storm heads up again, only for Whipwreck to fall into the ropes, causing Devin to crotch himself. The two men fight over control in the corner, with Storm going for belly-to-belly superplex, only for Mikey to reverse in mid-air to land on top for a near fall. Whipwreck with a Franken-Mikey for a two-count. He then climbs up to the top for a crossbody, for the pin, and no! Kane jumps in with an elbow drop, but Mikey moves in time, causing Devin to take the blow. Whipwreck with a missile drop kick to Damien, followed by a top-rope Franken-Mikey to Storm, for the pin, and the win. Post-match, Mikey uses a chair across the back of Devin to clear the ring. Devin Storm's not good. No. It's like he can do stuff, but he has he's not good at chaining it together, making it look natural, or working with Mikey Whipwreck. Everything's very stilted. It's like, yeah, he can do the moves, but I don't know if he can wrestle. Yeah, see, I, I remember people talking about Devin Storm, but I never understood why I heard his name so much, but I'd never really watched him either. I mean, my, my assumption is he can only get better from here, but it was just something that I noticed. It's like, this feels very, like, like he, practice match. He does get better, but he also moves more towards a complete hardcore style. Yes. Uh, Once he gets to WCW full-time, yeah. has a different name. That's when I was introduced to him, and it was like, okay, this one I, yeah. And the guy's still wrestling now. Wow. So. Yeah, Good for him. I don't know like, how. No hate. It was just like, oh, this feels very, like, stilted. Yeah. Yeah, he... Very stop and go. I think he found more of the correct character for himself once he got to WCW, but the the early Devin Storm was just, like, cosplay, kind of. Yeah, because Mikey does this stuff, and it's sloppy, but it's kind of part of who he is. He's this, like, you know, gritty underdog. He's, if, if uh, he's kind of like, what if Tommy Dreamer never picked up the chair and stopped caring? <laughs> so we go to our second match. Louis Spicoli versus Johnny Smith. And I was like, huh. Who? And this is Johnny's ECW debut, but he's best known for his time in Stampede and All Japan as the tag partner Dynamite Kid. Well, you know, when Davy Boy wasn't around. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's about to show. Because this is a real good time. So it's back and forth to start until Smith is backdropped over the ropes to the floor, with Louie following out, only to be run into the guardrail. But he then catches a charging Johnny with a hot shot into the steel. Back in the ring, Spicoli hits a bridging German for a two count, a leg drop, and several holds, before going for a running splash, only for Smith to get his knees up. Johnny with chops and a knee to the gut, followed by a drop kick from the top rope, and a clothesline. For a near fall. And these are big, strong boys. 
moving with like fucking speed, doing big moves on each other and recovering to do more big boy moves on each other. It's yep. This is good. This is good stuff. Louis gets a boot up on a charging Smith, but he then runs into a power slam for a two count. And Johnny, with some European uppercuts and a wicked-looking arm drag, but Spicoli reverses a whip and delivers a spine buster for a near fall. Louis then nails a bridging Northern Light suplex for a two count. He then rolls to the floor to grab a chair, but as he returns, Smith kicks the chair out of his hands and hits a top rope elbow drop for a near fall. I mean, this is gold. Johnny then goes for a vertical suplex, but Spicoli counters into a small package for a two count. With Smith responding with more European uppercuts, only for Louis to counter a third one into a backslide for a near fall. Spicoli then tosses Johnny to the ropes, but telegraphs the backdrop, allowing Johnny to deliver a tiger driver for the pin and, and the win. My God, what an explosive match! Mm-hmm. This is this is the kind of shit I like to see. Yeah, Louis in the the two matches that. I've seen him and has really impressed me. Yeah, and it's like, these guys fucking totally get it. These guys are fucking wrestlers. Like, capital W, big boy wrestlers. Yep. Hmm. I wonder now, did Davey Boy and old Johnny ever team together? Just... I don't think so. I don't, I don't think Johnny ever... Johnny never made it to WCW, I don't think so. Okay. It's truly a shame that uh, this is like the first time we've seen Johnny Smith because he's fucking great. I was like, cool, Louis Spicoli versus Johnny Smith. And then I was like, fuck me, this so I rules. wonder with the Johnny Smith name, were they trying to say he was Davey's brother or something? I mean, I think that was the, with that was the idea yeah. back in Stampede. <laughs> I want to say Johnny wasn't with us. Much longer. Much longer. Uh, well, that's. Uh, say, I already know one of these in the ring isn't with us much longer, but that's a bummer if it's both of them. Yeah, I also love that you know. Oh uh, no. Okay, so 2003, he collapsed and was rushed to a hospital. It doesn't really ever say, but basically, he retired at that point. Yeah. And he's a police officer now. So. <clears throat> I love also at the end, like Johnny puts his handout for, you know, shake hands uh, with the big, strong Louis Piccoli, who he just pinned. And Louis Piccoli reluctantly just slaps his hand and leaves with his head down. Not necessarily out of disrespect, but disappointment in himself. Yep. Kind of a, I'm going to get you next time. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too. It's like, oh, these guys are not, like, ECW staples, so Mm -hmm. you don't... It's like, it's anybody's game here but we have seen Luis Piccoli before and the whole match it feels like it's anybody's game and you're actually interested because they're beating the hell out of each other yep and moving so fast for how big they are and like with you know agile like yeah with much agility good stuff damn if only ECW always looked like this (laughs) so we go to our third match Axel Rotten versus Devon Dudley and both men make it into the ring with Devon holding a chair. And we're already getting Devon sucks chance. And the ref attempts to get Devon to rid himself of his chair. So while this is all happening, Axel ends up going out to the floor and grabs a chair of his own. Hey man, if you're not going to drop it, I'm going to get one. That's right. An eye for an eye, a chair for a chair, baby. And once they're back in the ring, 
Chair duel. Chair duel. I always want to say dueling chairs. <laughs> Chair duel. <laughs> Potato tomato. Which leads to both men taking shots across the back. All of a sudden, Bubba Ray, Sign Guy, and Chubby Dudley make their way out to the ring, with Bubba hitting Devon over the head with a chair, all while Rotten just looks on from a corner. I mean, why get involved? Devon retaliates with a low blow to Bubba Ray, allowing him to nail chair shots to Sign Guy and Chubby. And Bubba then retaliates, and the two end up brawling in the middle of the ring, with the brothers trying to separate them to no avail, only to receive more chair shots to the head. All of a sudden, Big Dick Dudley comes out, with Devon threatening to hit him with a chair, but instead just heads out to the floor, where Devon makes a partnership with Axel to team up. And they start to make their exit, only for Bubba Ray to fly over the ropes with a plancha onto them, causing Devon's head to bounce into the guardrail, Yeesh. followed by Rotten grabbing Devon, and they run to the back. So I'm going to... Call this one a no contest. Yeah, sure. Because it never really started. It was a bunch of nasty chair shots to the heads of Dudley brothers. Yes. I swear if we get an Axel Dudley on the next show, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> give, me, give me a Devon Rotten, at least. We've, we've got enough damn Dudleys for the moment. <laughs> no, I think it'll be Devon Axel versus Bubba Big Dick, probably. I don't know for certain, but... No, I just mean name-wise. Name-wise. Ah, uh, okay. Too, yeah, ma- too many, yeah, too many yeah, Dudleys. I mean, Rotten Dudley would be his name, not Axel Dudley. <laughs> Rotten Dudley's good. We then see Raven, along with his motley crew, make their way out to the ring. Talk about Tyler and Lori. Raven says he won't be defending his championship tonight because of his injury. Todd Gordon comes out. You know, he's the commissioner of ECW. And he tells Stevie to tell Raven the bad news. That Richards has to defend his title for him. If you're not going to fight, we're going to take your second. I mean, Gordon says he promised the fans a title match, and they're going to get one. Damn right. And so Raven loses it on Stevie, dropping him with a DDT. Go to our fourth match. Stevie Richards with Raven, Lori Fullington, Tyler, and Kiss versus the Sandman for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. So the... Champion was out first. Foreshadowing? Foreshadowing. Oh, Stevie, here we go. And Sandman comes running out, dropping Kiss with cane shots, while Raven pulls Tyler in front of him in the corner. Ah, that dastardly Raven. Which stops the Sandman, followed by Richards nailing a Stevie kick to the back of the head for the pin, and no, Sandman kicks out. Richards now uses the kendo stick to work over the Sandman, tearing the bandage off of his head and delivering right hands that bust the Sandman open. Oh my god, he's busted open. Stevie then telegraphs a backdrop, allowing the Sandman to hit a DDT and cane shots of his own for a two count. Richards is dumped out to the floor with the Sandman following out to front suplex Stevie onto the guardrail before leaping off the apron with a guillotine leg drop across the steel. Richards is rolled in, followed by the Sandman, nailing a slingshot somersault leg drop for a near fall. Stevie then hits a low blow on the Sandman, allowing Raven to throw the belt into the ring to use across the face. Blue Meanie jumps to the top rope, or climbs, climbs. climbs slowly. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't quite hop up there. 
only for Sandman to recover and knock Richards down to the mat, causing him to take the meanie salt for a two count. Sandman then tosses Stevie to the ropes and he misses a clothesline, allowing Richards to deliver another Stevie kick for a near fall. And Meanie climbs into the ring again, but Sandman escapes with low blows to everybody before poking Blue Meanie in the eyes and tossing Richards towards him. But Meanie doesn't realize it's Stevie, so he hits a tiger driver on him, <laughs> with Sandman making the cover for a two count. It's so funny. Like I guess you would do things quickly, but I imagine uh, when you put either of those men in a tiger driver, it feels very different. Sandman, so? Sandman's quite, quite a bit bigger. Quite a bit bigger. Yeah. Supernova is now on the top rope. And he leaps off, but Sandman just avoids, causing Nova to land a flying leg drop onto Richards for a near fall. Sandman's now tossing Stevie corner to corner, nailing chops before running into a big boot in the corner multiple times. The two men then charge at each other with clotheslines, only for the ref to be in the middle of it. Ref bump. Raven then limps his way into the ring, trying to pick up the Sandman. When Missy Hyatt would run down and jump on his back, pulling his hair. So Lori would come in and hit her across the back with a boot. And Raven then tries to do the same to Sandman with that boot. But he ducks and he drops Raven with a DDT. And Sandman collapses because of the blood loss. But pulls himself together and grabs his cane. Only for Raven to be shielded once more by Tyler in the corner. Dastardly Raven. Richards now has the loaded boot, and he cracks Sandman across the back of the head, with Raven shoving Stevie out of the way to make the cover as the ref crawls over for the pin and And the win. win. Missy was uh, there at this convention to probably sell some vulgar videotapes. Possibly. I mean, she she did have a a glow-up from the last time that we saw her. she, She was wearing more... Flattering clothes. She was. While they while they did still have a slutty sex appeal to them, they weren't the gutter trash stuff that she was wearing before. Yeah, she definitely looked a little better. Yeah, she, I don't know when she actually. She had some extensions, or at least a a clip on ponytail or something <laughs> to to give her the. The gay man did lip. notice the extensions. <laughs> I was just looking at her boobs. I was just thinking, I was like, oh well, I mean, Missy hasn't been here in a while, but she's like, I'll make an extra fifty bucks when I sign sign and take photos with the fans. Yeah, she kind of stopped showing up after he tried to pimp her off to the, the pit bulls, didn't she? Yep. Yeah. So we go to our fifth match. Lionheart, Chris Jericho versus Two Cold Scorpio. And the two men stare each other down before starting the match with some chain wrestling, followed by Matt wrestling with both locking on different submissions. There's a mix of cheers and jeers for both men, uh, which, you know... Is interesting. Too too cold. Been here for a while. These are smart fans. There's an internet convention. It's ECW, and Jericho's hasn't been here for super long, but they all have those junior tapes. They then go into a test of strength. Do it. That turns into an exchange of monkey flips, followed by Too Cold nailing a drop kick and an arm drag, but Jericho comes back with a crucifix pin for a two count. The two then run the ropes and do some tilt whirls that ends up with Lionheart delivering a drop kick and several arm drags to send Scorpio out to the floor to regroup. Back in the ring, Too Cold hits a low blow and an axe kick to gain control. Continues with a leg lariat 
only for Jericho to fight back with a pair of kicks and a vertical suplex. And we start to get a Bischoff sucks chant, and I'm like, okay, is Chris Jericho or is Too Cold Scorpio going to party with Ted? I mean, I think you know the answer. Yeah. It seems like it's Chris Jericho. Because, I mean, Scorpio was already there, and uh, he miffed a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was a miffer then. Scorpio also looks like he dropped a good 15 pounds uh, recently. Because they used to do the, you know, call him too fat or whatever. It mm-hmm. looks like he, uh, you know. He was a slim trim. I mean, probably when he, was, when he was sick, he probably lost a few pounds. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, uh, you know, he had less of a belly here. No just, shade, just saying. Jericho then follows up with a slingshot body press for a near fall. And Scorpio goes to the low blow again. Nailing a T-bone suplex, but makes a lazy cover for a two-count. It was a weak T-bone suplex, as far as T-bone suplexes go, anyway. Yep. He then allows Lionheart to pull him over for a crucifix pin that gets a near fall. Too Cold continues with a pair of scissor kicks that sends Jericho out to the floor, where he takes his time to recover, but before being dragged back into the ring by Scorpio for a bulldog that gets a two-count. The two then start to run the ropes with Too Cold delivering a thrust kick that puts Lionheart against the ropes before charging in, only for Jericho to backdrop Scorpio out to the apron. And Lionheart tries for a springboard plancha, but the ref was in the way momentarily, allowing Scorpio to duck, sending Jericho crashing out to the concrete. And the crowd screaming, you fucked up, you fucked up. They won't let anything pass here. (laughs) Lionheart's dragged up to the apron, where Too Cold runs the ropes to hit a handspring backflip kick that sends Jericho flying off into the guardrail. Now back in the ring, Scorpio continues to dominate with a powerbomb and a top rope guillotine leg drop for a near fall. Too Cold with chops, a whip to the corner and charges in, only to be backdropped out to the apron, where Lionheart finally hits that springboard drop kick, knocking Scorpio down to the mat followed by a missile dropkick from the top rope. Jericho would bring Too Cold in the hard way before hitting a tiger bomb for a two count and chops in the corner. But Scorpio would reverse a whip, sending Lionheart to the opposite corner, where he would leap up to the second rope. But Too Cold follows in with a dropkick to phase him. I mean, that's a fun spot. Scorpio then leaps up for a sunset flip powerbomb for a near fall. But he telegraphs a backdrop, allowing Jericho to deliver a DDT and go for the Lion Salt, only for Too Cold to avoid, so Jericho jumps onto Scorpio's shoulders for a Huracarana for a two count. And Lion- Are you ready? Chris Jericho yells out, and as only Chris Jericho can. Baby! <laughs> Lionheart goes for another Tiger Bomb, but Too Cold reverses it into a head scissors takedown followed by a body slam and heading up top for a moonsault, only for Jericho to move. And Lionheart then leaps off the second rope with a splash for a near fall, before the two fight atop a turnbuckle, with Jericho being shoved off to the concrete. Scorpio then flies off the top turnbuckle with a double axe handle, but Lionheart hits a kick on his way down. And Too Cold then goes to bring Jericho into the ring with a vertical suplex, only for Lionheart to flip through and run the ropes, nailing a shoulder block to down Scorpio. And Jericho finally hits his Lion Salt for a two count, followed by Too Cold reversing a suplex into a DDT before heading up top, where Lionheart knocks his feet out from under him, causing Scorpio to crotch himself. 
and Jericho climbs up to hit a super power slam for a near fall. Continues with a running senton and heads up top once more for a corkscrew splash. But too cold moves once again. Scorpio then nails a tombstone, followed by a top rope shooting star press for the pin and And the the win. win. So a couple fun notes here. As Scorpio's coming off with that shooting star press... Uh, It's very scary. Right behind them in the crowd, you can see a young child Uh and his dad. That young child is one Tony Khan. Oh, that's crazy. Didn't see the kid. I did see that 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 shooting star that was a little close for comfort. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, I mean, he pulled it off better than Brock did. But it was definitely... Whew, scary. I'll have to go home and pull that up on the TV just yeah. to see if I can see a little little TK. Yep. I did see the guy in the front row with the Jethro Tull shirt on. I was like, that's a very funny thing to have. You can see his dad, but I mean, you can see the kid, but then if you look next to him, you'll see a guy that looks like Shad, and that's how you can tell that it's basically him. Yeah. TK, I mean, he looks like he has the same hair, but... Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, he looks like, it's like, oh, the one Middle Eastern-looking man in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> like, ZCW, guys. Uh, the other note is, as you mentioned, this is Chris Jericho's final match in ECW. Yep, yeah. I figured it out at the pin, because I was like, who's it going to be? And then when Chris took the pin, I assumed he wasn't sticking around. Poor guy. Loses his TV championship, then gets pinned. Now he's gone. Hey, he's off to uh, more, more money. money. We can say bigger and better things, but it's hard sometimes. Yeah, bigger and better Definitely things. Definitely all the bigger and better things. It'll be a, it'll still be, a, it'll be a, it'll it'll be a while. few years before bigger and better things. Yeah, that's why we went to you know more money. I mean, he'll have a list of some sort. Oh yeah, that man's got a too long of a list, as far as I'm concerned. We get to smell some good cooking here in a few years. We get Joey Styles in the ring, and the pit bulls make their way out. With number one in a halo neck brace. Ah, I hate to see it. Baby, I can and we see mentioned it halo. on the last show that... <laughs> I get it now. Shane Douglas had given him a DDT mm-hmm. that had broken a bone in his neck. Fucked him up. And I, I love the, uh, the dad shorts plus neck halo. And we see Pitbull 1 with a very serious demeanor. Yep. He explains the specifics of his injury. Saying the doctor has told him to never wrestle again. But he says he won't ever give up. Because a pit bull never gives up. That's right. And I'm going to raise my glass here to old Mr. Gary. Oh, yeah. Gary. Gary to the pit bull, Gary, number one in all of us. Gary. But we then get our sixth match. Pit bull number two with pit bull number one. Versus the franchise, Shane Douglas with Francine. For the ECW World Television Championship. That yeah. stupid harlot Francine. I can't remember what he calls her. It's something along those lines. But he's harlot. Pissed. Jezebel. Yeah. Trollop. 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 <laughs> We're going to go with Trollop. So the franchise comes out laughing about Pitbull 1 before the announcements are made. With Bob Artiste doing the introductions for the Pitbulls. But then Joel Gertner interrupts, grabbing the mic away. And he insults Artiz before doing the introductions of our champion. And basically at this point he becomes Douglas's personal announcer. Yeah. I mean, if you remember, he, Alonzo and Taz made him the 
announcer for yep. for ECW a couple shows ago. Yeah, he's, he's our Douglas's personal ring announcer. So yeah, he's our heel announcer, and like exactly, you know, he's like pushing him out of the way and stuff, and like. Um, Shane Douglas and Francine are like mocking neck injuries and stuff as they come in, just smiling like the shitty heels that they are. So Francine distracts Pitbull too, slide, slide, allowing slide. Shane to take advantage, ramming number two into a turnbuckle, only to be no sold and return the favor repeatedly. Mm-hmm. The franchise then reverses a whip, but he telegraphs a backdrop, allowing Pitbull to hit a brainbuster and a neckbreaker as the crowd chants. Break his neck! Break his neck! Yeah, but I love that Joey Styles points out Shane Douglas's uh, pitiful WWF run just yeah. because you know he's mm. Joey Styles is uh, he's the voice of the people. That's right, and uh, yeah, I, I I appreciated that as well. Yeah, of them. Joey Styles doesn't get worse, him. right? I mean, I'm maybe at some point, but like he nope. just kind of gets he is, better. He's so good. He is great. He's great until I mean, even when he makes the WWE transition years later, he's great all the way through until he walks off the air. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He can only take so much, and I mean, and this, this was guy was just as great for that. Yeah, he's been calling this shit in the basement. But for he years. was there before Vince was talking to people's ears, like ninety percent of the time, too. So yeah, yep. yeah, Joey Styles isn't one to. Yeah, Joey Styles made it to WWE and was voted as best commentator by oh, the fans because yeah, because he's fucking he, great. He spoke for the people to the people. Yep. Yeah. So number two continues the punishment with a spike pile driver for a two count. And he starts cranking on the neck with a guillotine choke, only for Douglas to escape by ramming the pit bull into a corner. Shane ends up telegraphing another backdrop, so number two delivers a DDT and goes back to working the neck by just trying to twist it off. Crank it off. There's a guy in the crowd eating a Frosty. Very <laughs> you brought that from home? Pitbull drags the franchise out to the floor and throws him into a guardrail before giving him a pie to the face. And we're in ECW, so it didn't shock me. Yeah. Followed by a chair shot. But Douglas retaliates by crotching number two on the railing before using a chair multiple times himself. I wouldn't have an issue with the chair spot if it wasn't such like a like heavy heat match. Guy got a broken neck. Doesn't know if he's going to wrestle again. Francine just turned. Shane Douglas is, you know, him and Taz are the biggest heels in the company. And uh, then the pie spot is like, this isn't the place for it. Save it for when New Jack comes out or whatever. But outside of that, this is all very good. Shane then clears off the timekeeper's table before tossing the pit bull into the guardrail and the ring post. Posted. Followed by setting number two on the table where the pit bull fights back. And the two men end up fighting over a chair as the brawl heads into the front row before they head back into the ring where the franchise comes off the top rope with a double axe handle. Only for number two to catch him and start whipping Douglas from corner to corner. Just, you know, give him whiplash. Break his neck. Pitbull Pitbull then charges in with a spinning heel kick. Only for Shane to move, sending number two tumbling out to the concrete. Now back in the ring, Shane is stomping away on the Pitbull. All while Francine and Gertner antagonize number one on the outside. Yeah, I got very cringy every time I saw... Pitbull number one at ringside just because I know none of them are going to intentionally do anything but there's too much of a chance of accidents happening and yeah. I was very this, worried that something I mean, was going to happen. This is the point when like 
Because the last episode, I, I said he was in the Halo, but I was like, I don't know if the Halo was actually necessary or if it was just to draw heat. Yeah. Because, like... If you're in a Halo, should you be at ringside? Absolutely no. not. But that's also but the he's a pit bull. He's yeah, tough as a pit bull. ECW in the '90s, so it's hard to say. Yeah, that, that was the, like, <laughs> it's possible that he actually did. But yeah. like, me personally, I'm like, I have a Halo on. Yeah. If I get hit at all, I'm done for. Yeah, but he's yeah. As as but that also is the thing where be pimping out your. Your crew to give uh, blowjobs to get guest stars. Missy Hart was giving out blowjobs anyway. So. <laughs> So the franchise rolls out to grab a chair. The $50 riot, Missy Hyatt. Allowing number two to recover and leap off the top rope. Only for Douglas to avoid, sending the pit bull crashing into a guardrail, busting him open. Shane then threatens number one with the chair, but he goes back to work on number two, running him into the ring post. Posted. Pit bulls then dragged into the ring with the franchise delivering a vertical suplex, a shoulder block, but all for one counts, as number two begins to rally. When Francine tosses Douglas her bracelet, and Shane wraps it around his fist, cracking the pit bull over the top of the head for the pin, and no, number two kicks out. And I don't know, you know, just meet me here. The man is a mess. Pitbull's two's head is... Gush. Yeah, he is uh, a, a crimson ghost. Crimson mask. Yeah. Franny then distracts the ref while the franchise pulls a chain out of his boots and wraps it around his fist for another blow to the head. For the pin, and no! Pitbull kicks out again. Damn right he did. Pitbull, Pitbull. Francine then hands Douglas a chair for a running chair shot, followed by a pile driver onto the steel as well for a near fall. Number two then... Pitbulls up. <laughs> press slam. Clothesline. Another press slam. All for two counts. He then tries for a third press slam. He yells out. But the blood loss causes him to lose his balance. Uh-oh. He's a little lightheaded. Somebody give this man a cookie. The franchise works over the cut some more, gouging it with his fingers until Pitbull shoves Douglas off to a corner. Now the ref comes over and checks on number two, while Franny wraps another chain around Shane's fist. Three chain Douglas. Before distracting the ref once more. (laughs) Allowing the franchise to take the pit bull up to the top turnbuckle with mounted punches. Number two then grabs hold of Douglas for the super bomb. But Shane blocks and drops the pit bull with a pair of belly to belly suplexes. For the pin. And And the win. Post-match, Gertner props his foot on number two as he announces the franchise's victory. And Douglas and Francine head to the back when the Pitbull would recover to Superbomb, the ref, and Joel. That's right. Suck it, Gertner. What you get for acting a fool. So much Pitbull blood. Yes. Great shit. Pitbull does stand tall in the ring, even though he took the loss. I mean... Uh, the crowd was hot as hell for this match, as they should be. Should be, yeah, because Pitbull is the most loved underdog at the moment in this company. Yeah, the largest underdog too. I mean, come on, who wants to fuck with Pitbull too? Not I. 
So we head to our seventh match. Taz and primetime Brian Lee with Bill Alfonso and Team Taz versus Tommy Dreamer and Dr. Death, Steve Williams with Beulah McGillicuddy in a dream partner tag match. Do you know anything about this dream partner Brian situation? Brian Lee dreamed of tagging with Taz. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, Lee, it, it, was Lee's, it was Lee versus Dreamer. And they were like, find anybody you want. Your dream partner. Yeah. And Lee's like, well, Taz, Taz is undefeated, guys. I mean, yeah. He's fucking a badass. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd be my dream partner. Tommy is obviously taking too many frying pans to the head. So the last time we saw Dr. Death was at Starcade 92, episode 80. Mm. That was a good four years. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a minute. <laughs> I assume he's been partying in like all Japan or something, and we yeah. just haven't watched it. Yeah. Basically. And Fonzie takes the mic to remind us all that the human suplex machine is still undefeated before calling out Heyman and Sabu. And primetime attacks Dreamer from behind to start us off. But Tommy responds with a neckbreaker, causing Lee to tag in Taz. I mean, and Dr. Death did get big cheers and a Dr. Death chant, so, you know. I mean, he's an attraction. Because yeah, he is an attraction. He's not around, so. And the two men go back and forth until the human suplex machine lands a bridging Northern Light suplex for a two count. And Taz then calls out Williams. So Dreamer tags him in, only for prime time to again attack from behind which leads to a brawl with Tommy taking the human suplex machine out to the floor. And Dreamer throws Taz into multiple guardrails before dragging him to the eagle's nest, while Dr. Death and Lee exchange right hands back at ringside and into the crowd. And Tommy sets up three tables side by side before taking the human suplex machine up to the balcony, where he slams Taz through one of the walls. I mean, pretty sick, but... We all... I mean, I was just like, there's no way Taz is going to go through three tables. But he went through the wall. He went through the wall. He went through the wall, so good for him for doing that. Williams and Primetime have now made it to the nest as well, with Lee being forced up to the balcony, where Dreamer looks to DDT through the tables below. But the human suplex machine has recovered enough to T-bone suplex Tommy through the tables. Release T-Bone Suplex, because yeah. Taz does not fall out of the eagle's nest. Oh my god! I mean... As both Eula and Alfonso are standing stunned inside the ring. I mean, it's a pretty scary fall. Fonzie then turns and drops McGillicuddy with a clothesline before celebrating, allowing Beulah to retaliate with a kick to the balls. Uh-huh. And the two start having a slap fight when Dr. Death would make his way back to the ring to press slam Alfonso over the ropes onto the Team Taz guys. And the human suplex machine has made his way back to the ring as well. So we finally get the matchup that we've all been looking for. Taz squares off with Dr. Death. Where they give us a mat wrestling lesson for all to see. And Taz looks to hit a T-bone suplex, but Williams counters into a Dr. Bomb, making the cover. Only for prime time to break it up. Now the human suplex machine and Lee double team Williams until Tommy makes it back to the ring with a trash can, while Dr. Death has delivered clotheslines to his opponents. Dreamer then goes for a DDT to prime time, 
onto the trash can. But it's countered into a choke slam for the pin and, and the win. win. And it's over. That's all you had to do. That's the doctor's out, y'all. That's all you had to deal with, the doctor death. <laughs> Wasn't You're that good. bad. Exactly. Fine. Doctor it wasn't him building. doing like you know a Matt Hammerlock for six minutes. We yes. got to see him do some Matt wrestling, which he's good at. Yeah, because he was NCAA wrestling champion. We got to see him do a Doctor Bomb, which is his move. Yep. What more do you want from this guy? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I don't they even didn't. want any of those. <laughs> they booked it right. <laughs> they booked it right though. They yeah. did. Give him flowers. Well, you know. And they didn't put him in the main event, which. Was surprising but appreciated. Appreciated. We then go to our eighth match, the Eliminators of Perry Saturn and John Cronus versus the Bruise Brothers of Don and Ron Bruise versus the Samoan Gangsta Party of Big Maddie Smalls and Sammy Silk versus the Gangstas of New Jack and Mustafa Saeed in a four-way dance for the ECW World Tag Team Championships. Four teams. Elimination match for the title, I believe. Yep. Okay. Yep. The champions came out first. Uh-oh. Foreshadowing. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm putting my money on the Samoan gangster party. I'll take that money. <laughs> yeah, let me just pay you now. <laughs> so as soon as the Bruise Brothers hit the ring, the brawl is on. With Perry hitting a sunset flip on Dawn for a two count. Followed by a body slam and a top rope headbutt for a near fall. We then get a short clip from earlier in the night showing the Samoans being arrested for attacking the gangsters to explain why they still have handcuffs on when they hit the ring. Yeah. Also, an excuse for them to be the first ones pinned so they don't feel so bad about themselves. Jeez, spoilers. I mean, come no, on, guys. They, come uh, on, guys. As soon as that was announced on the show of, you know, they were arrested earlier, they're still in handcuffs. No. That was like, oh, great, eye yeah. roll. If I wasn't already eye rolling enough at this match, just from the start of it, because, you know, I've, I've addressed my, I'm sick of we seeing this We all have shit. the same feelings about <laughs> this. I was already pretty checked out. I did my best. Yep. So the music hits. Everyone throws up the X. And out comes the gangsters with a trash can full of weapons. And the music plays for the next five minutes. Yes. And New Jack uses a trash can lid on everyone until the Samoans can grab a baseball bat to use on Jack. While Saeed works over Saturn with turnbuckle smashes. Cronus is thrust kicking Ron several times on the floor while Don's helping the Samoans with New Jack. Until Perry tosses him out and follows out with a slingshot plancha. And the Bruce Brothers and Eliminators begin to brawl through the crowd, while the gangsters and the Samoans work over each other around ringside. And Mustafa uses a stereo over the head of Sammy, tries for a headbutt, but we know that won't work. <laughs> Kane is then climbed back into the ring to grab a chair to use on Saeed, who's being held by Silk only for Mustafa to move in time, causing Sammy to take the blow. And Mac Daddy is knocked from the ring by Saeed, who then turns to make a cover on Silk for a two-count. Mustafa with a big boot to Sammy, followed by New Jack coming off the top with a 187 chair shot for the pin. And the Samoan Gangsta Party is eliminated. Thanks for coming. So Ron jumps in the ring and starts laying out the gangsters. 
sending Jack out to the floor where Perry starts brawling with him, making their way to the front door and out the building. And Don and Cronus join them outside, only for Saturn to toss the bruised bro onto the hood of a vehicle, followed by Perry leaping off the same truck with a flying knee. Saturn and John then ram Don and New Jack into the gate of a different truck before heading back inside, where Saeed's choking Ron inside the ring, when Perry blindsides him, which brings everyone back to the ring. And the Bruce Bros team up for a double big boot to Saturn. They do the same to Cronus, and then Don starts working over Mustafa and nailing him with a big boot, allowing the Eliminators to recover, who deliver a total elimination to Don, for the pin. And the Bruise Brothers have been eliminated. Who'd have guessed it? The two teams that have been <laughs> feuding this entire time yeah. with these other two teams uh, that no one cares about? Yeah, it's like almost as if they could have just had a tag team match between the two teams I mean, that anybody makes, cared about. Makes too much sense. I agree. Too much sense. Yeah. I agree it's too much sense. So, I mean, they, then the Simones breaking away from jail would have just been totally you know, wasted. I mean, I don't know if they were arrested. Can, can for we a good... actually get them locked up and just yeah. leave them there? Yeah, I'm not all for uh, you know fall like unreasonable incarceration, but at least give us like three minute warning or something. <laughs> well, see, I'm wondering if old Rosie's looking over at Devin Storm at one point, going, "That's some good gear over there." <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to remember this. Oh, was that blue and yellow? That looks nice. <laughs> So Jack makes his way back to the ring, and he's all busted open. No, Jack, no, Jack. With John hitting a clothesline in a corner on Saeed before tossing him out to the floor. And the Illuminators set up New Jack for their finisher. Oh, my God. But Jack pulls Saturn into Cronus's high kick to avoid. And then Mustafa power slams John, followed by the 187 chair dive from Jack for the pin and the win. And new! As if we haven't seen it coming for the last six months. Post-match, the Eliminators argue for a moment until the gangsters jump them again, tossing them out of the ring. You gotta clear that ring. But the Eliminators arguing makes me think that that whole Saturn-Cronus thing that I talked about the last show mm-hmm. might actually be a thing. Yeah. I mean, hey, a little seed. I mean, I mean, what are the chances it's worse than... Actually, and rotten. I mean, it depends who the winner is, I guess. I mean, but I'm just saying, at least these guys <laughs> can do impressive things. Yes. As long as the right guy's the winner and moves on to something good. Yes. I mean, he. Yeah. We, Let's we, just hope. We got ideas. Yep. We then go to our ninth match Rob Van Dam versus Sabu in a stretcher match. I, uh, you know that the internet fans, early internet fans, are in town because they throw out the streamers. Those crepe paper streamers for Sabu, like they're in Japan or something. I know, I was like, is this the first time we've seen the streamer treatment? In, at least in ECW, I think. I mean, maybe we've seen it on a J- Japanese show? Yeah, but it's like, it's normally for smaller Japanese shows that you would see it, yeah. maybe. But either way, but like, yeah, seeing them do it for Sabu, it's like, oh yeah, these are the... Are uh, smarks, if you will, because hmm. like, that's a very you know Japanese thing. I think that within the last couple of years, they even did that at like Stardom and stuff. Uh, I mean, the last place I saw it was ROH, but basically that was before COVID, because obviously 
can't bring streamers in anymore. Yeah, also uh, ROH got murdered by COVID. Yeah. Until it was... uh, Resurrected by one Tony Khan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A a child at this show. He is is the real personal Jesus for ROH. Yeah, yeah, Tony Khan seems like a nice guy, but he's not as good as that Depeche Mode song. Is there a which Depeche Mode song? Personal, Personal Jesus. Jesus. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I, I missed that whole part yeah, before. Sorry. I'm like, wait, there's yeah, that was the reference. I, was <laughs> yeah, that was reference. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I like the guy, but yeah, he's yeah, he's no he's no violator. So the two men have a feeling out process to start when RVD would start nailing different kicks and a springboard leg drop, but the homicidal one would kick him right back before working the leg. Sabu begins to fire up with a springboard leg lariat and a slingshot headbutt, but he telegraphs a backdrop, allowing Van Dam to nail a double underhook pile driver. He goes for a slingshot, only for the homicidal one to catch him with a drop kick in midair to send him out to the floor. Sabu then follows out with a slingshot somersault plancha before setting up a table that bridges the apron to the guardrail. That's his new favorite thing. I would say Sabu's favorite favorite thing. I mean, that's uh, why jumping they moved that off, front row up a yeah. little closer, just so I could hold the tables. Yeah. Favorite thing, jumping off of a chair. Second favorite thing, hitting somebody with a chair, but in an interesting way, and not a, not just over the head. I mean, putting it under his leg or yeah. under his arm. And then uh, currently, his third favorite thing is bridging a table between the steel and the apron. So the two slam each other's heads into the table before RVD springs off the apron with a back kick followed by slamming the homicidal one on the railing before hitting a guillotine leg drop. Over the steel. Sabu has fallen into the front row, and so Van Damme looks to join him, and the homicidal one just throws a chair right into his face. Oh yeah, he's (laughs) on the floor, and he just grabs the chair that he probably collapsed and launches it up at the head of Robert Van Damme. They head back into the ring with a chair in hand as Sabu sets Van Damme on a turnbuckle to nail a triple jump hurricanrana. But RVD chops at his legs when the homicidal one gets to the ropes, causing him to crotch himself, followed by leaping off with a spinning back kick that sends Sabu out to the apron. Van Damme then throws a chair onto the homicidal one before leaping off the top rope with a leg drop and calls for the stretcher to be brought out. And Sabu starts to be rolled to the back by damage control. But the homicidal one makes it back to the ring, where RVD continues to dominate with kicks and a powerbomb. And Van Damme mocks a handshake before starting to work over the neck, taking him down with a leg sweep and a standing moonsault splash. RVD then heads up top, only for Sabu to meet him there. But Van Damme drops down to the floor, pulling the homicidal one's neck across the ropes. I mean, you know, he's playing up the neck. We all know Sabu broke his neck. RVD then tosses a chair into the ring, but it's drop-kicked away by Sabu when he's trying to get into the ring. Van Dam recovers to attempt a suplex from the apron, only for the homicidal one to counter by dropping RVD across the top rope. And Sabu maneuvers Van Dam where he's teetering on the middle rope with a chair set up under his head before leaping off the top turnbuckle with a guillotine leg drop. It's fun, but whenever someone's draped over the ropes like that, I'm like, it, takes, it always takes too long. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, it's cool, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. RVD rolls out of the ring, 
right onto the table. So the homicidal one sets up a chair for the triple jump, only for Van Damme to try and springboard himself back into the ring for a clothesline, but he ends up tripping and falling face first to the mat. I yeah. mean, that's, a, a, that's fun. I don't know if it was purposeful or not, but it's fun. I don't think it was purposeful yeah, but or that, fun. Yeah, no. yeah, it's like I like the... I like when people recover from mistakes without redoing them in wrestling because it it helps you get it helps it helps me personally get into it more, like suspend my disbelief a little bit further whenever somebody makes a mistake but recovers from it instead of just like oh well we have to do it again it's like never do it again. Yeah. Sabu takes advantage by nailing a leg drop and a pair of top rope Arabian face busters before calling for the stretcher. RVD is down the aisle before rolling off and returning to the ring. And to that point, Sabu knew what to do, and it totally worked. It's like, yeah, he made a mistake, but it doesn't feel like a mistake because they treated it correctly. He took advantage, and now the man's on the stretcher. The homicidal one hits a vicious clothesline, followed by a triple jump moonsault. And Sabu sets Van Dam on a turnbuckle for another triple jump. But the two men hit clotheslines in midair for a double KO. And RVD rolls out of the ring, but directly onto a stretcher. Only for the homicidal one to say, not yet. Not today, buster. As he sets the stretcher in place for an ACI moonsault, with Sabu's legs crashing into the guardrail. Uh, yeah. It looked like, yeah. The homicidal one is then placed on a stretcher as well with both men being rolled down the aisle. How does that work? Do they have to, like, race to the back? Like Hot Wheels? (laughs) Only for Sabu to get up and leap off the railing with a leg drop onto Van Damme. Crazy. Both men make it back to ringside, where the homicidal one goes for a chair shot. Only for RVD to counter into a Van Damminator, following it up with a moonsault press off of the guardrail. Now Sabu grabs a chair before heading back into the ring where he throws it at RVD. Sets him on the top rope for a triple jump Rana with Van Damme rolling out afterwards onto the table. And the homicidal one then goes for a triple jump DDT. But Van Damme counters it into a super fisherman's buster (sighs) through the table. He like catches him coming out of the DDT but he's like catches him like Rob Van Damme's standing on the table, like mm-hmm. pops up on the table, but when he catches Sabu, like Rob Van Dam's feet are not planted. He like hops up and uh, catches him into that fisherman's buster. It's truly insane. Yes. Sabu is then placed on a stretcher, but he fights to stay alive, rolling off of it and returning to the ring, where RVD continues to attack with a chair and strikes. And the homicidal one reverses a whip, sending Van Dam to a corner. And he goes for a springboard, only for RVD to do the same, with both hitting leg lariats for another double KO. I mean, what a, what a cute spot. Van Dam goes for another Fisherman's Buster, only for Sabu to counter into one of his own. Then sets up the chair for another triple jump moonsault, but RVD is back to his feet. So he nails the homicidal one with the Ooh. chair as he comes crashing back towards him. Who just gets, gets up just in time to lift that chair and use it like a shield. Van Dam hits a spin kick that sends Sabu onto a stretcher, and they begin to wheel him out. 
but RVD gets greedy, and he goes for one more top rope somersault senton, only for the homicidal one to move at the last second. Van Dam is then placed on a stretcher and rolled out, making Sabu our winner, who celebrates as we fade to black. The, um, you know, sent on to the floor. Ouch. You got overzealous. <laughs> so I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of The Doctor is In? Three matches worth watching. And two of them, I think, are great. And all three of them are good in different ways. I agree. Yeah. I mean, aside from my constant bitching and moaning that uh, it's a Doctor Death named show, there were some hot spots in it. I mean, you gotta love Mikey kicking off any show, even if it's against Evan Storm. Yeah. What's your favorite match of the show? Ooh. I feel like there's three contenders. And I... Well... Throw back through. I guess there's three. That one didn't happen at all. Three can three contenders. That one I'm bored with already. In my head, I might have to look back. I guess there's four contenders, maybe. I mean one, two. I love me some pit bulls. Or I love me some pit bull number two. Tag match was pretty typical. Yeah, I mean between all of the ones that we have on here, the the Shane Pitbull one. I don't know if it was because of the brutality in it, because of it pulling on my heartstrings, because of old number one. But no, I was right. There's three. <laughs> that one was good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, I mean, like Shane, like that match is perfect for the character stuff, with the exception of the pie spot. Shane Douglas is on. Francine is on. Pitbull, Pitbull Gary. Adds to your like nervousness of it all. Pitbull two bleeds like a son of a bitch, and nobody wants to see him lose. Yeah. For me, this is top tier ECW. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a variety of match styles. There is. You literally get your suicidal spot fest. Mm-hmm. Your trash brawl. Yep. Your technical wrestling. Uh, there might be a couple of them. A European style match. And the Johnny and Louie. Johnny and Louie is European, but it's also, like, it's big boy shit. It is, but it's, it's there. But it, it's not, like, and, it's not, yeah. And there's just storytelling throughout the show. every match. Yeah. Like. It is, it does ca- like, catch I all get, the things, I get, but it doesn't always, flow as well. We always complain about, you know, the four-way dance, like, those matches. It, did, it, it was, like, 12 minutes. It That's did, true. It, it was quick. It was to the point. Yeah. It didn't overstay its welcome. I had fun with it, and I can't. And they, and they finally and they finally the came part. to a conclusion of the story. That's nice. That is. Nice. That's. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. I think once again, maybe it was the Dudley stuff that was the like least compelling stuff. Y'all on this. know how I feel about the Dudleys. I'm totally out. But that's literally because basically what they did on this show is the exact same thing that they did on the last show. And where the it's, show before that, it's. They're just hitting each other with chairs, and it's like, yeah, we the story get it. needs to like, move. It needs to it needs to progress. I mean, now that we have Rotten, there might be a yeah somewhat of a prog- we might actually have a real match next I, time we see these. guys. I agree with you that this does cover the scope of ECW very well, but the really good matches on here, like 
this is not my favorite Sabu RVD match. No. At, and and like that's the thing where it's like, okay, well we've seen quintessential shows where it's like, oh, well, this is the best match of these people. Like yet. Uh, even like Too Cold and Jericho, not my favorite match from either of those guys, but it's still very it's good. A good match. It's very good. But like I mean, it's uh, not even my favorite Pitbull Shane match. No, yeah. not at all, but like that's but the thing it's still it's, like, very good. They're like the good matches are good, but I mean I'll, I'll hold my uh, my MVP, I guess. But <laughs> it is good. But, like, question. RVD Sabu, broken ring match? Better than this? Oh, yeah. yeah. That match fucking rules. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like... improvise and figure out how, yeah. how do we make... <laughs> how do we make this interesting for people? Other and than you can see I, it. You I, I can see them worn out. I mean, I don't love stretcher matches to begin with. Just no. Just because it's, like... It's silly. The point of the match is to murder roll in, roll someone to a destination. Like, it's like if you want to get what? somebody on a stretcher, like if it was like New Jack versus Mikey Whipwreck, you know what New Jack would have done? He would have grabbed a piece of garbage and cut his head open, and then he would have gone straight to the back because the man was bleeding and needed stitches. Because that's like a reason to use a stretcher. But I mean, I guess the one good part about the stretcher match is that it kept them from going into the crowd too much. Yeah. Because That's if, a really good if, point. if the point is to not be at a certain destination, then you're going to try and stay yeah. at the ring. That is honestly the best point that I did not think of about this match. Where it's like, like at least they stuck to the ring side. They didn't do a walk and brawl. Which they did do in the ring match in the broken ring match, but the broken ring match had a X factor to it, yeah, and the fact like that these guys broken ring are match had a broken ring. Yeah, these guys are worn out, and they're still trying yeah. to do their best. So it just has a like it's a little more visceral, and it's not even a stretcher match. I'm not saying this is the best ECW. No, no, I'm no. just saying it's yeah. it's up there for me. It like, clicks all the boxes. It clicks all the boxes that they for have me. set up. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got all the the usual suspects of. Yeah. And every match was completely ECW. different from another one. Another good point. Absolutely. Except. Even though they had different outcomes and whatnot, the uh, well, no, the I'm bleeding so much that I stumble and fall. Oh yeah, happened twice. But if you're gonna bleed that much, but yeah, it was two different level of people with two different levels of bleeding too. Yeah. Also, the you're talking about like Sandman and oh, Pitbull number two. Pitbull number two. Yeah, both lost. Yeah, but Pitbull did it with a power move. Sandman just couldn't make a cover. Yeah. Like, I mean, technically Sandman could just have been lazy. I mean... No. No, Sandman lazy? I mean, give him a beer, he'll, he'll be fine. <laughs> That's something I kind of miss. Sandman being fueled by beer. Good, Where, where's the smart marks at? Alright, fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So what are some of the best moments of this show? Francine... Seconding Shane Douglas and being a real fucking bitch when she was like the, the one lady that people were like, you know, into. They're like behind her because they love the pit bull so much. And now she's with Shane Douglas, who's an incredible heel, and she's really she's meeting him on his level. She's not like surpassing it or whatever, but she's meeting him there, which adds to it in such a huge way. Yep. I'm happy to see the. The gangsters finally got some damn gold. And it's it's, it's taken too long. Yeah. I agree. I'm glad that it finally happened, but I'm not sure that I'm happy about what we're going to get 
So I don't know where we're going from here. Me so. neither. <laughs> but I can't imagine it's too different than uh, trash cans and shopping carts and Nintendos and uh, chains and cheese graters. The, uh, Did I mention Lady Alexandria was smoking hot? Uh, she was looking good. I don't know. I okay. noticed her new gear. The JT Smith kicking off the show. I love me some JT. Even if he didn't really get to do a whole lot of much, he was still there. I think that is the one thing we're missing out of the, like, you know, the fact this is checking all the boxes. FBI has been pretty involved, and they weren't here. But yeah, hey, we, didn't it's get okay. the, we didn't get the comedy yeah. spot, really. But it's, I mean, one. but it's okay. They had to, they brought in, you know, Dr. Death. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it makes sense that they need time for that. And he's a bigger draw than JT Smith. Uh, Mikey's got gold again. Where it, whatever EWA is. I want to say it's like the European Wrestling Association. Yeah, okay. he, he beat the dirt bike kid. They said it on commentary. He yeah. beat the dirt bike kid like a day or two before because there's this like convention in town. So there was probably some other shows inside of, uh, you know, hotel lobbies or something. Yes, definitely. There was. Dirt bike kid is a fun name. I think this is probably the only time we see that belt. Yeah. Because he probably loses it before. Probably loses it Sunday and his show was on Saturday yeah. or whatever. Yeah, the European Wrestling Association. Yeah, they just give give Mikey some gold, let Devin Storm get some, you know, so some work in. An NWA affiliate, possibly. There's, so. At this point, there's like, NWA affiliate means nothing, which is a shame, but it's yeah. true. I mean, the, the, for me, it's Spicoli and Johnny Smith. That's my favorite match of the whole night. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that, and I want to see that all the time. And that's the wonderful thing about wrestling is that you don't see that all the time. But when it happens, those big boys being so ferocious and so like smooth, but all the moves look meaningful, that's the kind of shit that I love to see. And it was basically like, you know, Rick versus Scott Steiner. Like, that's what it felt like. It was like that good and clean and like strong and ferocious, but. It wasn't either of those guys, uh, which is nice to know that there's people out there that have it in them. Joey Styles. I I did notice that Joey was on fucking point. He was on it, but he, as we've said throughout this show already, he speaks for the people to the people, and he read the room and broke kayfabe for the people, referring to old Pitbull number one as Gary. And the the Gary chant. Yeah. So nice. I mean, Gary Chant might be one of my favorite moments of the night <laughs> outside of the singles match between Spicoli and Smith. How about most disappointing? I'm over the Dudley angle at the moment. It needs to move on. Just like we were talking about how the gangster thing needs to move on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it didn't really build in any great way, but at least it's over now and it has to move on in a form or fashion. And like the Dudley thing is the same thing over and over again and I've just like it doesn't mean anything to me it feels like a waste of time and just, I know that it just it feels will... like five people just getting their head Can cracked I, yeah. open with a chair yeah and like it's not even like a match or whatever it's just like no. oh just it's it's calamity I will agree with you that Louis versus Johnny is a very good match I love it I love it I will say that I was a little disappointed that Louis took the loss because we've seen him before. I mean, we've seen him before. But that's a good surprise. And I feel like he should be the guy you should be building. Agreed. Just for the sheer fact, obviously, in doing my research on Johnny, I basically he does nothing else really 
this might actually be the only time we ever see him. But I mean, I'm not they don't that. know that at the time, so it's I like, mean, oh, I mean, yeah. true. I mean, yeah. that is the that is the the reason the reason. Like they're hoping to have Johnny Smith in some more probably, but knowing that we don't see Johnny, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't ever make a name for himself in ECW. No, that to have him lose or having beat Louis Spicoli, who is there. It's it's kind of like the whole when Tarzan Goto beat Axel Rotten. Like Axel Rotten's the ECW guy. Like build your own guys up. And Johnny Smith is like. I mean, Spicoli and Johnny Smith is like, I don't know who these guys are, but I want to see more of them. Which is the most you can say for any wrestler yeah. that you see one or two times. is like, no, I want to see this guy more. And I want to see these two guys more. It's like, who the fuck could these guys work with on this fucking roster outside of like Pitbull 2? It's going to be a good match. I'll also say I'm disappointed that the network, Peacock, whatever you want to call it, couldn't at least found a uh, replacement song for I Want to Rock and Roll All Night so we could have seen that. Oh, yeah. Like, why they were dressed up as Kiss. Wow. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I couldn't figure it out, but I knew see, they were dressed as Kiss. See, I got to see it on the, uh, the, the thing. Uh, is it on, is it on the me. thing that I... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We watched it both on the network. I watched it on the network, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was going to make a comment about it, but then I didn't see it in the notes, and was like, well, maybe it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was because they performed... Their little deal out there, and oh, what's his name? Uh, Stevie Blue Meanie is uh, the one who impressed me the most because he's the one that seemed like he got into it more than everybody else that was out there. I mean, Blue Meanie seems like a Kiss fan <laughs> from one <laughs> yeah. Kiss one yeah, Kiss fan to another Meanie. You know, yeah. I, I would do karaoke with you. <laughs> I'm over the, the whole Raven thing. I'm, uh, I'm bored with Raven. I need Raven to do something different think, and make it either yeah. exciting or something. I mean, we need the thing with we Raven need Raven to injected and boring. I mean, we need That's Raven to not be injured, so we can actually like yeah. do something instead of just wallowing in self pity. But his character from the That's from when he first he started does. was being like was being the guy that wouldn't have the. But match. he's having to do it even more because he is hurt. I know, and it's just like it feels like you're back to square one, kind of. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah, quote the Raven. Burr. All the time again. Have a best performer of the night. Ooh, that's a toughie. The crowd. I mean, the crowd's great. <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, it's hard to not give it to Shane when Shane's on a show. Yeah, exactly. Because like, surprise the night. Spicoli and Smith favorite match of the night, but best performance. I feel like it can only go to Shane Douglas. Yeah. But I'm willing to hear arguments. I don't think you're going to get an argument from me on no. that one. Shane Douglas with Francine really like rising to the occasion occasion and being shitty. Mm. She doesn't overdo it, but she like she's there. New little panties that she debuted on the last show uh, just yeah. only made things better for her. How about most surprising? Missy Hyatt? I mean, no, I mean, I don't know. It's not she, like she's been gone for a year. I know she has. I mean, she has. It feels like. I guess my most disappointing fact is also the most like I was surprised Johnny beat Louis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was surprised as well, but I wasn't mad because I was like, maybe he'll stick around. But I was like, I know he doesn't stick around because I would have known who he was. I mean, uh, there's a chance. There's a chance the people at this at this show had no clue that Doctor Death was the dream partner. Yeah, which is cool. 
So man, that would have been disappointing as fuck. I mean, but for not you, for these guys. For you, maybe. for you, but not for these like, guys. I think it would have been pretty because, like, when Taz—I mean, I didn't say this in best moments, but when Taz and Doctor Death match up and do some mat wrestling, it is exciting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, because these two guys like actually know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, and it's also funny because Doctor Death is like two Tazes. Yeah, <laughs> and Taz still gets the win. Jericho taking the loss was a surprise until I realized it was his last time in ECW, yeah. and then it made perfect sense. Yeah, the issue with me was like when they said Bischoff sucked. I was like, oh well, Chris is leaving, so Chris is gonna lose because I knew that Too Cold had already had his chance, and they weren't gonna bring him back so quick because he wasn't new or exciting, and he also had about thirty more pounds on him. He did get better, though. He doesn't he, make the mistakes he, he that he did. He did get better. He, he just signed that contract too early. He wasn't ready for big crowds. And those weren't the biggest WCW crowds, but they're bigger than any ECW crowd. <laughs> Making their way to the ring! It's trivia time! Uh-oh. This week, the category is Music of the Map. Bum, bum, bum. Are we going to buzz in? Music. Uh, you will definitely need to buzz in. Alright. So I'm going to play a song. Buzz in. Give me your guess. Three points for the correct answer. And here is our song. Oh, Shane. Shane. <laughs> got it off the fucking snare drum. Because I only heard one note. Mr. Perfect. That is correct. <laughs> That's three points for Shane. Woo! Kurt Henning, I'm going to throw the towel in on you. I apologize. It was not the perfect answer. I had to delay. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, you know. You say I was spitting my gum out and swatting it away or something yeah. in the meantime. Well, we need to have the, the Mr. Perfect <laughs> challenge where we like have to shoot a... Uh, a basketball shot oh, over shit. the shoulder behind. <laughs> like, uh, what were the other ones? Um, did he dive or swim or something like I don't that? I remember what all of them were. Yeah, I remember the basketball one for sure. Yeah, something had to do with track and field. I oh. think, or he threw a perfect throw of a football. Oh, I think maybe he like hits a dart like right at the bullseye or yes. something. Yeah. But it's been a few episodes since I gave a scoring update. Uh, Shane's got my ass whipped. So, Michael. Has 40 points. Shane has 62. Shane has 69. Oh. Nice. 69, dudes. We'll have another scoring update in a few episodes. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's always fun to have that one. But next week, we're headed to Japan. Uh-oh. And we know we love our Japan yeah, wrestling. Absolutely. For the J Crown Tournament, a new tournament. It's about to get crazy. Basically, a it's kind of the if you want to count the Super J Cups, kind of it's the trilogy of junior heavyweight tournaments that happened in the mid '90s. Because then, like next Super J Cup doesn't yeah. happen for a few years. So okay, they've been such big hits that Liger has ideas, and this is another new one. Exactly. So. Most of those matches, I know the final is on New Japan World, so you can go out there and watch it like that. 
I did have to find most of them. From an old VHS tape. Through, yeah, it's an old VHS tape that I was able to find digitized. And, and chances are, if it's an old VHS tape and it's not owned by the WWF, it's probably on YouTube. There's a good chance. So Give it a look. J-Crown 96. That's right. Because, spoiler. It's good. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah. You, all, you, you guys like moves? You like guys doing moves and and callbacks? Exactly. That are just moves? So music for this week's show is Thunderkiss 65. 5-5. Yeah. By Rob Zombie. And Sabu won our main event, so we're going to play his theme music, Crazy, by Little Fight. But that's just how it goes. (laughs) Millions of people. I'm sorry, I was thinking Crazy Crazy Train. Crazy Train. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I know the song. Crazy for feeling so lonely. <laughs> Another good song. Most songs better than Sabu's theme song. Uh, I mean, there's Crazy Aerosmith also. Oh, also better Around than the same Sabu's time. theme song. Yep. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Spotify. Can you rate on Spotify? I don't know. Who knows? If you can, do it. That's right. If you can, do it. If you If you can, please do, and then... Like, let us know that you did, so we know for sure that this shit works. Hey, if you uh, if you do a, a five star and let us know, maybe we'll shout you out if that means anything to you. Yeah, very or true. Not, as a thank you. But you can do that hopefully wherever you find your podcast at. I mean, you can definitely find your podcast yes. wherever you find your podcast at. <laughs> if there's a rating system, but I mean, you're already listening to a podcast, so you should know that you can find it. I've always thought that was silly whenever people say Five, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, hit, the, yeah. hit the bell and subscribe. Yeah. That I mean, hit the bell and subscribe is good, you, yeah. but find the podcast where you, wherever you find, find the podcast. podcast. Like, yeah, duh. you've already found the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, unless you're literally listening to it on our SoundCloud page, and then I guess it's not a... Yeah, but it's not 2012. Yeah. Exactly. If you're still listening on SoundCloud, come on. Yeah. Come on. You got a smartphone. You got it. Everybody does. Download the app. Do you have any questions, comments, concerns? Recipes, drink ideas. You have a hatred for Dr. Death Steve Williams like I do, or if if you want to tell me just to shut the fuck up, you should you should like jump on Twitter yeah, and say, maybe, Hey Shane. Maybe you have five the best five Dr. Death matches we should watch. Yeah. Change change my mind. Hit me up on Twitter. Shane. Let us know. Hey Shane. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, yeah. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I will change that password right now. <laughs> but you can do the uh, our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling, H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. la 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 Shout out, gangsters. Which ones? The ones, the X. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>